Reaction. 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 Nice. Gold dust. Hello, welcome to Reaction, the podcast that makes sense by Home Things. Now, this week I'm with the awesome Besma Wave. Hi, Besma. Hello. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm all right. I'm, all right. <laughs> I'm quite tired. I'm sat in a hoodie. I'm very happy right now that this is like good. an audio rather than a visual. Yeah, thing. I agree. But you know, it's all good. So, Besma. Mm. I want to know before we get into anything, your bonkers bits of the week. So what is the most bonkers thing that has come to your attention, either in the news, in your personal life? Yeah. What have you got for me? Oh, my gosh. Um, (laughs) The pressure. Yeah, see, this is where I don't really want to dive into the election too much, but it has been all over the news for the last week or so. And I do think it was bonkers, the result. Um, It definitely knocked me up down a few pegs on the Friday when everything came out. I felt a little bit sad. Um, I took a little while to compose myself yeah. and also write about it because, yeah, there was a lot of people who were, like posting crying faces of themselves on Instagram and I'm thinking, I can't. <laughs> I can't do that. Not I did not way. see anyone do that. Did you that? not? Oh, no. No. Mine was Like full, actual proper crying. Like curled up in a ball crying, that sort of thing. And I think that's where you have to realise, yes, it is one part of this, yeah. but it's not the defining factor for everybody and this country as a whole and people generally, you know, 100%. it represents so many other things. Um, so, yeah, I think that is probably the bonkers bit. I'm sorry to bring the tone down. No, do you know what that was? My bonkers bits of the week is, mm. and I I didn't know how to feel about this. At first, I thought it was hilarious, and then I read some things, and I was like, oh, God, now am I a, a terrible person for laughing at this. Oh, Did you see on Twitter the pigeons in the cowboy hats? No. Oh, my God. <laughs> I missed this. Okay, do you know I have to get it up for you. There were there was a sighting of not one, I don't know how many, pigeons in cowboy, in cowboy hats, hats strutting around. Wait, wait, wait. What size are the cowboy hats? Tiny. Oh, they like pigeon-sized cowboy Miniature hats. Miniature cowboy hats. Oh, they're so cute. See? I thought look, it's a thing. Somebody needs to start a brand for pigeon hats. See, well. I thought this was amazing. I thought it was hilarious. Oh. Just like two, at least two, here's the headline, at least two pigeons are spotted at in Las least. Vegas parking lot wearing <laughs> tiny cowboy hats. I was like, this is like content gold, hilarious. Yes. But then a load of people are freaking out on the internet because they, they are like, oh, okay, well, you know, animal rescue people and animal rights activists are saying that the hats wouldn't just stay on it. Maybe they've been glued on. Like, no, it opens up a whole, oh, you know, okay. argument of, okay, well, is this like animal abuse? But we don't know. No one knows. This is the thing. You know, you don't even know if the pigeon put it on themselves. He, I mean, they're Vegas pigeons know. here. It, all we've got is the video footage, and I'm kind of uh, you've got to show me before I believe something. So all I, I can know. see is that. I, I would say, yeah, be conscious of animals, animal rights, and their feelings, but <laughs> and their hats, their choices of hats. Yeah, uh, style icons. To be honest, I think it would be fine. And actually, as I just said, that someone said, I know how hard it is to get a bird to wear a cowboy hat. <laughs> I hope these pigeons are okay. And has said that he actually puts hats on his own like, parrot and he loves oh, it. Oh, that's so cute. So maybe it's fine. Can you please post these pictures with the podcast yes, so people can see? Because yes, it's I just, will. yeah, bring a bit of joy I'll put them in the show notes. I'll put them in the show yeah, notes. Maybe actually instead of taking our photo for we the podcast, the it would just be them. <laughs> like, here she is, here's Bezma. We're actually both pigeons <laughs> in cowboy hats. <laughs> we're not only cowboy hat wearing pigeons, we're also podcast producing pigeons yeah. again. And they are sustainably made cowboy hats, just to make this clear. And they weren't bought new. 
No, they no, were second, second hand. hand. Or, you know, Vintage. hired. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I love it. So, for those who don't know you, mm-hmm. even though they should, give me, like, a top line, like, one sentence. If you could sum yourself up on, like, your LinkedIn profile, who are you? What are you about? Okay. What do you do? My elevator pitch. Exactly. Um, elevator okay, pitch, love okay. it. So, I am a sustainable fashion and lifestyle blogger. I write the blog Curiously Conscious. And I also run a platform called Ethical Influencers, and that's for bloggers, influencers, creatives, anyone who's working in this space to promote sustainability in their own authentic way. Love that. So your blog, I'm obviously aware of. What, and it's amazing, if anyone hasn't checked it out, I would highly recommend it. So Mm. what kind of inspired you to create the Curiously Conscious blog? Yeah. Like, like, where did that come from? Have you always been, you know, into being conscious, into sustainability? Because I'm not sure everyone is born feeling that way. No. It might be something that, you know, maybe something happened in your life or the way that you were brought up. Or how did that platform kind of come about? Like, why did you create yeah. that? So I 100% was not sustainable or sustainably minded <laughs> for a good number of years. It was not sustainable um, at all? No, I mean, it wasn't something I was conscious of. We obviously had like recycling at home and things that we did where it was slightly more sustainable, but it wasn't something I was totally focused on. Um, and it actually came from when I was at university. Mm. So my love for writing has always been a big thing for me. I wrote a MySpace blog. Love I, MySpace. Oh my gosh. The old days of MySpace. Great days. Um, so I had that. I went to university and I wrote for the uni paper and then I was Amazing. editor. And then I moved to Paris as part of my degree. Um, and I suddenly had no creative outlet. And at the same time, I wanted to kind of start making notes of things that I was changing because of the different culture and mm-hmm. the different things around me. Um, and obviously French food is amazing. I was getting Delicious. really into French cooking and realized that there's such a focus on where the food comes from. So I, at this point, was living in a tiny little flat on the sixth floor and kind of the whole romantic, you nice. know, living in an Osman building. It's got the tin roofs, you know, here Gosh. it would and I went and would shop from the little market next door that would like open up on the weekends and I'd speak to the little French farmers and their terrible French accents and I barely could understand but they were saying about you know it's important that you get your mushrooms from this place or that you receive this in certain Got times you. of year um, and so I started looking at sustainable agriculture which mm-hmm. isn't the sexiest topic uh, very niche um, yeah yeah <laughs> absolutely and I was writing about sustainable food and this was during the kind of clean eating movement classic yeah so all things kind of came together. I was talking about how to eat healthier, looking at, I, I went vegetarian, then tried vegan, then nice. was doing lots of different things. And at the same time with my degree, when I moved back and finished my degree, I focused on sustainable agriculture for my dissertation, which nice. my business lecturer was a bit confused with. Yeah, where has this come from? Yeah, how is this <laughs> connected? Um, but actually it was a really good insight into policy and how there are big systems that mm. also govern the little things and the food that ends up in your plate. Yeah. Um, so I went from food and then started questioning everything else. You know, where does your fashion come from? Where are my beauty products made? Um, what ingredients are in my house products? So amazing. lots of little steps that have led to a whole sustainable lifestyle. That's amazing. And would you consider yourself like from from that point to where you are now, do you, would you say that you're kind of holistically sustainable? Like, is it now mm-hmm. something that you think about at every touch point or is it something that's more of like a side hobby that you do when you can or like how kind of engrossed has that become yeah. in your life? Um, I would say that I do feel like I live it. And yeah. it's... 
really difficult because I don't think you can say you are 100% sustainable. It's yeah. not really possible. Yeah. Um, I wrote a post earlier this year about talking about eco-perfectionism and how certain people are putting out there saying, you know, I'm at one with the woods. And yeah. <laughs> it's just not a reasonable thing to do, you know? We live in cities, we go to work, yeah. we go and buy lunch from prep, wherever it is. Mm-hmm. So it's not possible to be living sustainably 100% of the time and be yeah. 100% of the way. But I do love my work. I get to do it every single day. And I am always questioning, you know, what about this? Yeah. Can we push this? Can we change that? Um, can I talk to somebody, whether it's in my local supermarket or on Twitter or whoever, to find out more information? Yeah. Um, and that's kind of where the name of the blog comes from because I was asking these questions in the start and Googling that and I wasn't finding answers. So mm-hmm. I thought, right, I'm trying to be curious about being more conscious. Let's start writing in that way. Um, so yeah, I would say I'm still inquisitive. I'm fortunate now that there is so many people out there just like yourselves yeah. doing things sustainably, creating products that are sustainable and also doing it in a way where I actually want to have them in my home. I want 100%. them to be pretty and beautiful and have them out on the shelves rather than just hide them away and pretend I'm not actually secretly a hippie. Absolutely. That's, there's two things I want to touch on there. I guess the first one is you're so right I guess being sustainable like even 10 years ago was seen as like such a hippie movement mm. it's like oh there she is you know with her her <laughs> wooden fork like oh don't go to Aunt Moira's house whereas now like it's become a movement where you can have desirable products as well and I think that's the thing you can still create desire I guess it's like from a branding and cashing in on our like marketing and branding backgrounds Completely. but like you can still create desirable brands and products whilst also looking after the planet and I guess from your point of view that's something you're probably very aware of because that is your goal like if you're looking at like a new shampoo or if you're looking at a new moisturizer like those are probably the touch points that you think about completely I still think there shouldn't be that much sacrifice when you're going for something sustainable yeah sometimes you may need to change your own kind of behavior towards things so for fashion buy less but buy better yeah be a good example yeah um but I don't think there should really be a sacrifice when it comes to style and that's across everything these days everybody's aware of this the big multinationals all the way through to the independent brands and we need to support that and continue kind of purchasing and voting with our money 100% love that and actually something else that you just spoke about Mm. was about your post about like eco-perfectionism and there's something we like at home things talk about a lot and it's about this like eco-anxiety that Mm. everyone faces and it's like you can you know change your cleaning products you can change your like habits but I think we are all living in this world of always having an anxiety of like, we're not 100% perfect. And like, can you ever be 100% perfect? And I guess this might lead on nicely to like the work that you do for ethical influencers where you founded it. But like that platform that you created, I guess to be an ethical influencer, can you ever be like 100% ethical when you know you might you might go to like the bulk store and you might do all the all the nice little bits you know never buy new etc etc but then you know maybe you're going to go to visit your sister in Australia and therefore you're going to get a flight so like but I don't know it creates sometimes a bit of an anxiety like oh oh god can I ever live completely sustainably am I being true to my message like what do you think about that and I guess what's your experience been with running ethical influences and and the learnings from that? Yeah, I think it kind of starts from when I was maybe three years into writing Curiously Conscious and realizing that there were so many touch points where I needed to be sustainable. And that became really overwhelming. Yeah. Um, Especially at that time, I'd kind of moved, it was moving towards going full time with the blog. And in my job, it was 
so difficult just to go out and get lunch or to be, you know, traveling to meet with people and do it in a sustainable way all of the time. Yeah. You, it kind of comes back to the idea of working out what's sustainable for you. And I really advocate um, creating sustainable habits. So Mm. things that you do on a regular basis, clean those up, make those more sustainable because they're the things that are going to have the biggest impact. Whereas that one flight to see your sister, it's unavoidable really. It's your family. Yeah. And I don't want to say to people, don't do this, don't do that. 100% this, 100% that. I don't think it's possible. 100% anything also is not really that help in like anything in life no. you know it's like you can't necessarily be an all or nothing i think it's about no. moderation and like doing the best that and you that can brings you back to the anxiety point yeah. of it where you worry that you're not doing enough but at the same time you can't make yourself so stressed that it, it affects your health it affects your mental health it can affect your physical health I, I think you have to take things with a pinch of salt and also realize there are systems in place right now that don't allow us to be 100% sustainable yeah you know I saw a piece recently about a 100% electric flight that they did and it's just testing now maybe in 10 years all planes will be electric and they'll be run on renewable energy yeah great exactly fine but you can't wait 10 years to see your sister in Australia 100% you know so taking things as they come making those mindful decisions where you can um, but at the same time give yourself a break as well it's, it's got to 100%. be enjoyable and the thing is I guess like for situations like that with the flights it, it requires like we can make as good habits as we can make but it requires mm. like the big companies the big corporations yeah. to also make those changes like I feel we are so anxious well people who want to be more environmentally conscious or like a little bit more sustainable we're so aware of these things and always feeling like we could do better we could do better but it's like okay hang on let's hold some other people responsible who could also do better because we can only do better within a certain remit but it's like you said if we only have flights that you know are polluting the environment you know have a huge carbon footprint well it's either a flight or a flight in most situations so unless if if you had the choice between you know the the nice electric flight or Mm. the diesel dirty flight obviously it would be nicer to make the the more sustainable choice but if you don't have the choice absolutely i don't know i don't know if we could be made to feel guilty for i don't think you should feel guilty for things like that and for things that are of that importance if you're just flying you know you're taking a 20 pound flight to barcelona because you want to go on a jolly then maybe don't fly maybe reconsider where you can go but at the same time i do think it is personal choices yeah and like you were saying we have to rely on it being a whole community of people making these choices in different ways and ways that they fit which is where ethical influences came in um i got to a point where i was realizing that i can't cover everything myself Mm -hmm. and there are certain things that are more important to me that might be different for other people yeah um so for the platform i set that up in june of last year um and it was really off the back of meeting with a lot of different brands who were saying we love what you do, but there's not many people in this space who talk about sustainability. And yeah. I'm thinking, I go to events all the time and I meet so many people. How are they not finding them? Yeah. So that visibility that I had, I wanted to kind of channel it and be able to spread that out into a whole community and show that there is people all over the world making a difference and doing it in their own way. Yeah. On the platform, we have just under 600 members now. And... I'm Which honestly, is amazing. Like, astonished. Yeah. I, I thought... <laughs> I'm absolutely astonished I, by genuinely, it. Genuinely, <laughs> genuinely. First month, I thought it would be 20 people who I'd already told that I was creating this platform. My family. Yeah, exactly. My friends were just, like, piling in to make me feel better. Um, and actually, what happened, first month, we got 100 members. And it was just... Too, it's so much that I, I was... 
had to change the strategy for it completely. I thought it would be, we do small meetups in London and it would be very London-centric. And actually, we were in 42 different countries at this point. We have people in Australia who are like sailing across the Great Barrier Reef and protecting the coral reefs. And then we have people in Japan who are doing things in zero waste. And they're people who, A, I didn't even know about. And I'm so happy to then have that connection and see yeah, their story. Yeah, amazing. But also see that they're doing things in their way in their space yeah. and what's important to them. And being able to connect with them and connect other people to them that is just the most heartwarming thing so. yeah it's so cool and like what I guess what are your plans <laughs> do you have plans for where that platform's going to grow is it just like growing organically yeah. as more and more people are becoming interested in that space Completely. or I think the main thing for me is that we for the platform I've always wanted to support people in raising their voices even more yeah so providing guides on how to improve your content how to reach more people how to connect with others whether you can collab with somebody else who's across the world or whether you want to go and do a meetup in you know your space um so we've tried to over the time that we've been running it find out which cities that most people are based closest to mm. so we can start saying okay we're going to create an events pack and then you can go and have a little meetup yourself amazing Love we'll be that. doing something from next year in london um it's such a good way of connecting people who have uh, values that are in, aligned and then at the same time they live all very different lives um so yeah it's coming along really well so what's the criteria okay What's yeah. the criteria to be an ethical influencer? Mm. Like, if it's little old me here and I'm like, hmm, okay, you know, I've got a lush shampoo bar in my shower. Yeah. Like, I shop with Abel and Cole for my vegetables. Like, what? Yeah, I was like, okay, applying. I want to be an ethical influencer. You, you go ahead. Please do. But can it be anybody? Or like, is there Absolutely. like, there must, it's, surely there must be like a screening process. So everyone is personally checked. So okay. it is a human at the end of the application form. It's not is it you? a bot. Yeah. <laughs> I know I have, I have I'm the boss this is it so I have some admin support but other than that it's nice. pretty much I will always send the welcome email it's literally me manually nice. sending it to you like hi lovely to meet you we've set this up for you um but the main criteria is that you are talking about being more sustainable in your own way got that you it's other than that completely open to interpretation and I like saying to people it can be you it can be your grandma it can be your dog it doesn't really matter yeah and you don't have to have a set number of followers this isn't an agency we're not judging Mm. on readership we're judging on like your values yeah so really if you're already going you know you've got your fruit and veg box you're looking like this is a new platform for me yeah (laughs) please come and join that that's the whole point and it's totally free like we want it to be completely accessible for everyone so yeah we're just overwhelmed by the consistent kind of amount of people applying to join and the people who are talking in the forum and sharing their information with each other um giving each other tips meeting up with people it's yeah been a whirlwind experience really that's amazing but so cool and i guess kind of going on the back of like on a community-led thing i saw you speaking i don't know maybe it was on twitter about Mm. being like a sustainable citizen yeah. And like what that means. And I think I'd be really interested to know, like, I guess in three points, like, what would you clarify as like a sustainable citizen? That's a good question. Because I think Thank you. right now, <laughs> yeah. That's no, a great I question. Appreciate that. Um, I think right now we have to consider A, our individual impact, mm. but also how we are tied into the political system. Yeah. How we are tied into, you know, our the businesses that we work with. So I mean, I wrote this on the back of the election results. Oh my gosh, yes. Yeah. Um, So destroying. Yeah, completely. And I had a phone call with a good friend of mine who, she said, you can't allow this to 
can have mar everything you do. Mm. And you can't allow this to change anything. And in fact, it just shows that there's a bigger need to continue promoting the fact that we need to look after our environment, we need to look out for other people, and that we can then also be making a change within the 11 years we've got yeah. to really prevent climate crisis from happening. Yeah. Um, so I think... It, answer to your question to be a more sustainable citizen it is a case of knowing your own individual impact mm-hmm. um, I recommend people this year I was talking more about carbon emissions a lot more because I think it's something you can calculate quite easily there yeah. are some really good calculators the one that I always recommend is this really kind of stylish looking carbon donut is what they call it and it's from spark sustainability and nice. you just put in you know what type of diet you have <clears throat> whether you house share or how big your house is mm-hmm. do you heat your house in the um, winter that kind of thing and it comes up and it shows you okay you've got a huge percentage of your carbon going out on travel or on your diet and then you go right I'm just going to change that just slightly yeah. to be more sustainable that's one the second one I would say is get politically engaged yeah um, it's easy to look on the election result and say oh I don't want to be part of this anymore and I found it really difficult this year um, I was part of year of green action for DEFRA so Department Amazing. of Environment Food Rural Affairs um, an ambassador for that and while it has been a good year in raising awareness around being more sustainable I don't think there was enough action taken mm. we declared climate emergency and then looking at the policies that are now going to move forward into 2020 not sure I agree that they're on the level of emergency yeah um, so I think it's worth seeing who your local MP is, whether you want to write to them, there's a website called Write To Them where you can connect with them and actually send your messages, your thoughts, your feelings very easily to them. Or vote, just go out and vote. I think we need more people to vote and to speak up and realise that it is just as important as the individual changes they're making in their own homes. Absolutely. Um, And then within the communities that you're in that they're places that really make a massive difference you can inspire other people yeah um you can whether it's your family whether it's at your workplace do you have recycling bins little things just love a recycling yeah. bin yeah yeah we've got Talk loads of recycling it. bins here it's fantastic <coughs> that's like a food waste bin general waste recycling yes. bin like, that's nice that's a nice little touch i think <laughs> it's those things as well that create a more sustainable culture because you start thinking Definitely. about it and then you go actually you know we could have like here we could have the reusable cups mm. and then we can move forward with even more and people won't be so you know unaware of it you can say we're changing to renewable energy supplier and it's not a big deal because it's just on the same agenda and even so this i feel like i've just (laughs) stalked you massively recently because everything you're saying i'm just like oh that leads on to like another thought that you had but Mm. on on like the energy supply thing i also saw something that you'd engaged in which i hadn't even thought about which was how you can be like more sustainable by changing your bank I think it yeah, is I didn't write yeah. I, was, I was looking at my notes because I you thought can. I may have written it down but I didn't but I just thought that was really interesting yeah. like can you give me very top line brief of like what that is okay so I'm not massively into banking I'm not I'm not gonna say <laughs> no that no I'm not way. in the FT so <laughs> yeah don't quote me on this but a lot of the time the money that you save and in, in your saving account goes to towards what the bank does with that money and the bank will then invest in certain whether it's industries whether it's certain portfolios whatever it is Mm -hmm. and lots of banks do that in more unsustainable industries because they're a steady industry got you proven track record probably more money oil and gas and energy classic 
Um, and it can get even worse than that. You know, it can go down to like military, it can go down to arms, it can go down. Mm. It, it's things that I personally wouldn't feel comfortable voting for. Yeah. So then why would I want my money to be doing that on my behalf? Yeah. Um, and there are a number of banks out there that are now divesting and moving away from the supporting those industries and actively saying we won't be supporting that we will be supporting more sustainable industry um, whether it is renewable energy or it is that we're just drawing a line not not going to invest at all um, so the banks that I recently read an article about this and it was um, Monzo are not doing that Starling Bank who I bank with professionally not doing that um, and Triodos I think is the name of the bank but I've not actually okay I've and not they're heard of them. really kind of going into sustainable banking and inv- in investing in small sustainable businesses nice. so if that's a priority for you look at where you're banking because it's not even really you investing it's them doing it on your behalf yeah and then when you want your money back out you take it out so those small things that easily forgotten yeah can make a big difference just by making that one simple change that's the thing you wouldn't i never would have even have thought of that like i don't claim to be the most sustainable person in the room let alone mm. on the planet but even seeing that you know it's a small change actually will have realistically no detriment to you but will have a really positive impact and yeah. even as i'm saying that there's a uh, some guys that we're friends with in this building and they are launching a bank that just does that they're called oh cool Yeezy. I think they're called Yeezy. Yeah, you should check them out. They're, they're like us, so they're a bit pre-launch. But they're called Yeezy, and they... It's just weird how stuff just kind of formulates together. Yeah. So they are using, like, their profit or their percentage or whatever to then go towards carbon offsetting. Perfect. Which is cool, which I... Yeah. When I first spoke to them, I was like, I don't really know what you guys are doing, and that's fantastic. <laughs> but then hearing about that, and I had no idea that that's what banks did, or, like, that's yeah. what they did with the money, but... Yeah such a small change can I guess make a little bit of an impact and you can do your bit by switching banks like yeah and it doesn't really make much of a difference they're they're massive changes the impact that they have but actually the action of doing it doesn't take much yeah 100% yeah recommend love that that's such a great little tip so what okay so that's a great tip and that's something I'm probably gonna look I mean I bank with Monzo anyway but you know also bank with NatWest so might have to just retract all my funds (laughs) not that there's any in there ask them ask them what they do with your money I was gonna say is is there a visibility on that do you know so I think it's worth actually investigating as a consumer of that bank Mm. you would speak to somebody and ask them or you know even just tweet them I'm sure yeah. they'll get back to you. But there is a division between what is um, consumer banking and mm. what is investment banking. So Got you. if they have the two parts, you can see for investment banks whether they are investing in certain portfolios, for sure. who their clients are, go and look at the annual reports. But again, who wants to do that? You know, it's, Not it's me. a lot of work. Don't have enough time yeah, in the day. Exactly. <laughs> I'll, I'll have to do this. I'll have to go and, and actually find out who's investing where. Because I'm... That's one of the things I like to do. and I've, It would be I, interesting to know. Yeah, I do that a lot with fashion where I'm looking at their you know, CSR reports and their annual reports and looking at the factories and where they're, who they're working with because yeah. while you don't see that when you're shopping, if somebody can say to you, guys, they're, they're using terrible, terrible practices and yeah. you know, awful materials, then you're going to log that you're not going to go and find the report yourself. That's the thing. It sometimes just needs, like, the little nudge or the conversation or just, like, the plain awareness. I think that's such an mm. important thing, but you're right most people either don't have the passion or don't have the time or the energy or the resource to be able to do that but to be told it from someone who has 
is almost as impactful as them going away and do it themselves. Because like, okay, here's, I mean, you have to look at the source, look at who's telling you what they're Absolutely. telling you. But yeah. if it's someone like you who obviously works in this sector who has a blog that's been going sure. for what like six years or how long uh, it is? yeah five and a half so yeah close to six Just, i guess like that would be someone who you would trust rather than if it was i don't know yeah. like a paid for post by misguided for misguided of like look at our this new factory it. and you're like okay well <laughs> this is, this is your it. own internal propaganda but sure yeah i think it's You've got to have a balance, I think, as well. Don't always rely on just one person. Mm -hmm. I think I also felt very much like we were going to have a very different election result based on who I follow on Twitter and Instagram. And then, yeah, you realise you live in a little bit of a bubble, a little echo chamber. So definitely definitely fact check when you can or see if there's a number of sources that are telling you certain things. Um, But at the same time, I don't really have a vested interest. I don't run a bank. Yeah. So, yeah, okay. Not yet. It comes out next week, like, Besma's bank. Bank with Besma. Bank with Besma. Okay, Why do you know not? what? That's quite good. I actually quite like that. Okay. What has been the best... Pe- You're obviously a great advice giver, a good, like, source of knowledge for people who like think about sustainability or just want to be more conscious within their habits. What's the best piece of advice that you've been given this year? Oh, my gosh. Okay, this year... I reckon it could be any year. No, but it could I, be I, ever. I like that. I like that. <laughs> this year, what's the best piece of advice? Um, I do think I've become a lot more politically engaged. And mm. at the same time, I think this year was a big year in terms of both Greta Thunberg going around and being quite literally like a sustainable messiah. Yeah. Being able to, to call Prolific everybody to yeah. action. Yeah. And um, Extinction Rebellion going out and saying, we're just not going to take this anymore. We're going to yeah. call it out. Um I read a post um, that George Monbiot did on Friday after the election and where he was saying, we call out the politicians who lie. We need to fact check. We need to do that. And I think that's going to be incredibly important for 2020. Yeah. Being able to say to businesses, say to the places that we shop, this isn't good enough anymore. So they actually can listen. They hear that we vote with our wallets, we vote with our votes, mm-hmm. and we move away from systems that aren't as sustainable and don't allow us to be the most sustainable that we can be 100 percent. yeah love that thank you that's great advice thank you <laughs> i'm now going to move on to quick questions quick fire round questions okay which brace ourselves were not written by me <laughs> <laughs> they were written by our lovely home things co-founders they're not scary they're more opinion-led okay. they're meant to be i guess they're meant to be delivered in a quick way yep like one one word answer or uh, I'm not sure <laughs> that I'm reading them yes one okay one word answers okay let's do almost like have you seen the episode of Friends you know where they try and get the truth and like this or this, this yes or this. yeah it's kind of like that but all the bad things come out I, I can't they might none of them are <laughs> not bad, that I've got bad things to cover really let's be honest but. your deepest darkest secrets <laughs> suddenly reveal I mean I'll give you a flavour of the first one the first one is tea or coffee oh tea <laughs> really why well I have one coffee a day and I have probably two or three teas. You are drinking a tea right I now, am, to be yeah, fair. Yeah, absolutely. I think tea is a slightly more peaceful drink. Coffee. Peaceful drink. Coffee that. is like my, I get into like my three o'clock slump <laughs> and I'm like, I need a coffee just to like get me going again. Whereas tea, you can have, and also you can have loads of different types of tea. It's true. You can have a herbal tea. As I we learned earlier. Tea. What was this one called again? Red Drift? Yeah. Re- red something red, drift. Something unnecessary. <laughs> But yeah, English breakfast that is my a way classic. forward. And uh, yeah, 100%. And then I do like a nighttime tea as well. So tea. I love a nighttime tea. Mm. I love a peppermint tea as well. 
so good. I feel like that's just such a classic any time of day drink. Absolutely. First thing in the morning, last thing at night. I always think it's quite classy as well. It is. It is. Mm. But also not classy when I have like the ACP peppermint tea like from Sainsbury's and I think I'm like is it a classy tea absolutely not in my flat but sure okay that was like question number one Thanks. question number two would, oh would you rather have your nose where your feet are or a foot where your nose is oh nose where my feet are Really? I wear pointed boots 90% of the time. I feel like that would fit in all right. Yeah, but think know, of but what you smell. would smell. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even think <laughs> about smells. it. smells. But, but then people aren't going to look at you like, wow, look at her nose. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I do, but like, think about where you walk. Think about the things that you would smell. Yeah, and in London, that's not really... And you can smell through them. This is, I guess, the, the add-on to the thing. It's a fully functioning nose on your foot. Mm. I feel like I wouldn't go anywhere if I had that. But at the same time, I wouldn't go... <sighs> Would you go anywhere if you had Who a foot wrote this? This is a mean question. It is mean. Do you know what? Let's go with nose on your feet. Nose on the feet. That's fine. Yeah. That was your instinct. We have to go with yeah. that. Instagram or Twitter? Oh, my God. Um, I think Instagram, but only because I think the engagement and I love the comments and mm. being able to connect with people on yeah. Instagram a lot more. Definitely. Twitter was always my home for probably the first three or four years of writing. And this year has been kind of the big Instagram year for me. And... Yeah, as a writer, Twitter's way easier. You can just go on, bash out a, a line, and yeah. people will be like, yeah, that's great, retweet. Um, Instagram, you have to really compose. You've got to have the photographs. You've got to have the hashtags. Defo. It's hardcore, but at the same time, I really love the community that's on there, and yeah. being able to like visually connect with people is really important. So, yeah, Instagram. Love it. Also, do you know what is so interesting? It's like Instagram, I guess, originally was meant to be like, it's called Instagram. It's meant to be like an instant yeah, thing, so and yet not it's anymore. not. It's like composed and like a oh. real labor of yeah. love it has to be a labor of love otherwise what's it the is. point whereas like twitter you're right you can literally just like type 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 on your phone if you're on the go on your laptop yeah and like put yourself out there which i guess is slightly riskier in terms of like it's true being able to just Instantly. be so reactive yeah it can be dangerous but it can be dangerous. yeah definitely kind of interesting on that interesting though mm. okay last song that you listen to Oh my goodness. Well, I came here today, but I wasn't listening to song. I listened to the Guilty Feminist podcast. Love that. So does that count? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> me okay. just being me. No. Then it probably was, I have, I'm, I'm awful. My boyfriend hates this. We used to share a Spotify <laughs> and it suddenly had, he, he got like an offer and he was like, I'm getting a new Spotify because I can't handle your playlist. <laughs> Um, I listen to her songs like over and over and I have my own like bees hive which is where I Love listen that. to all my songs so I have a huge jumble um, but there's a song called Dumb Love and it's a cover and it is so good I, I can't even remember the artist but it's like my chill out song at the moment so Love anytime that. that you know I'm coming home on the tube or I've finished the day's work they just put it on nice. headphones in um, so yeah that counts and now we know the podcast as well so it's like a two for one question yes how would you describe in one word, the colour yellow. Sunflower? Nice! Yeah, that's what came to mind. Yeah, that is nice. I thought of bright. Bright's nice. But then Sunflower's nicer. Okay. Bright could be anything. You go. You, you win that one. <laughs> Thank you. Final question. Favourite alternative milk brand? Uh, you know who it is. I feel bad because... They are the big dogs. Is it the one that you've got in your in tea now? In my tea right now. Yeah. 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 Okay, I am going to say because... There are plenty of really great ones. I had a really good time with Oatly last year. They took me to Latitude, so I'm... Oh, okay. Well, you have, have to, to give be them some a little back. bit. Yeah, <laughs> give, give them some credit. And I've pretty much been buying Oatly ever since. Like, yeah, well, this adds up to a Latitude <laughs> ticket, right? Um, and do you know what? If you promote them now, 
you could go to Latitude 2020. No, I know. <laughs> this is, well, they, they were lovely. And I think their products are really great. I love They are it. good. I, I watched the whole thing about how they basically changed the plant-based milk world because they made it less about it being an alternative to milk and it being like it's better than milk yes it's good in coffee you can put it in pretty much anything um they've got all of their other alternatives as well but that said um i do think there are some potentially more sustainable alternatives out there as well mm. i recently um kind of focused on good hemp and they have hemp milk which okay, is nice. different it does taste different but it's grown in the uk which what is does it taste like thing. It's a bit more grassy. I I was going to say, is it grassy? It sounds like such a naive question, but like... It is. No, it is. And I don't think you can kind of move away from that. Like, oat milk Mm. is going to taste oaty. It's got the, like, porridgey kind of base to it. Hemp is slightly different. Hemp is a grass, so it is going to have that taste. But that said, it is good in tea, coffee, everything else as well. And, yeah, that would be my second. Interesting. I've not tried that. I'm, I get I get nervous of trying stuff like that. Like, I'm meant to... Well, I'm not meant to be. I try and be vegan like as much as possible yeah. like nobody's perfect like I had a croissant yesterday I'm not gonna like oh, cry about it like oh, exactly I love the same. butter so like, I'm I'll try like, to okay. avoid dairy but if it's there okay I'm down Absolutely. if you're getting a pizza yeah I also yeah I had a pizza last night yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I try and be vegan I'm like yeah I had a pizza I had a croissant <laughs> but other than that like I'm really good it's really right. really good it's been amazing Besma thank you so much thank where you. can people find you okay on the dark web on the wow i don't think i'm on the dark not web. the dark well you never know yeah well, i <laughs> could be but it's not me yeah, putting myself be. there um yeah so online curiouslyconscious.com is my blog ethicalinfluencers.co.uk is our community and my handle is besma that's b-e-s-m-a-c-c for the curiously conscious part and that's on pretty much every platform it's everywhere you can find yeah. it but she's very active but some fantastic stuff i'd really really recommend thank you thank you guys for listening we have been get underscore home things we will listen to you next week <laughs>